I want you to turn tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and I'm going to give you just a, a word, a testimony. One of my New Year's resolutions is to not preach as long in 2024 as I did in 2023. But you'll have to admit, since I've had my voice surgery, I've scaled it back. I've cut at least five minutes off of each sermon. And uh, But I want to talk to you tonight from my heart. I want to thank the Lord for the way that I was raised. I was raised in a home that mom and daddy believed the Bible. They went to church. And uh, we lived right. Mom and dad had standards and rules that we just lived by them. When daddy got saved, he felt like God spoke to him about some things. And and uh, we lived by those principles. And I heard my dad say years ago, a lot of decisions we make wouldn't be that hard if we just lived by our principles. Our principles make those decisions for us. Uh, Truett Cathy, that the founder of Chick-fil-A, had a principle. I will not sell alcoholic beverages in my restaurant. And, and anywhere they opened up a, a new uh, facility, they didn't have to decide that again. Mr. Cathy had made that principle. Mr. Cathy made a principle that they will not open any of their establishments on Sunday, the Lord's Day. So whenever they opened up a new restaurant, they didn't have to decide that principle already made that decision. I read in the news the other day where a couple of states, a couple of liberal states, by the way, that people are moving out of and not moving to, uh, is going to try to make them go against their principle and stay open on Sunday. And uh, if I was them, I'd say, okay, you close the bank on Sunday. Of course, Washington and some of these states, they close their brains Sunday through Sunday. But it's a principle. And I believe in our day that that is so scoffed at, that somebody that lives by principles, they live by the convictions that God's put in their heart, that scoffed upon is our day, and if you live that way, they call you names. They'll say, well, so-and-so, he is a legalist. He is caught up in legalism. And anyone that says that, that lets you know immediately they do not know the true definition of legalism. And just like I've got the definition of inhabit, that means smack dab. But really, the true definition of legalism means someone who keeps the law to be saved. That's legalism. That you have to keep the law to be saved. And the Bible plainly tells us that there is no salvation in the law. And so because someone lives by a principle that the Holy Spirit has birthed in their heart through their commitment to Christ, that doesn't make them a legalist. Uh, that doesn't make them a Pharisee. That doesn't make them a goody two-shoes. That doesn't make them a right-wing religious bigot. They're just living according to the leadership of God in their heart and in their life. 
And so we seem to have an argument going on today about these people that are bound by rules, bound by rules, bound by rules. And one of the greatest lies the devil's told anybody is if you get saved, you can't have any more fun. I don't know how much more fun a man can have than what I've had for the last 45 years in my life. I hope I look like I'm enjoying myself. That's why when I'm on this platform and I tell our guys on this platform, when you sit up here, don't you look like you're having an operation. Don't look like you're miserable. And I want you to know there's joy in serving Jesus Christ. And just because somebody lives by the principles that God's given them, that doesn't mean they're a killjoy. It doesn't mean they're a party pooper. It doesn't mean they're a Pharisee. It doesn't mean they are a legalist. It just means they want to honor God and live like God has led them to do as they commit themselves to Christ. And I want you to come tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and we're going to read one verse. But I want to talk to you out of my heart tonight on a rule that rules my life. A rule that rules my life. You say, well, you feel like you've got to serve God. Man, you've been browbeaten into serving God. And if you don't serve God, you're going to go to hell. That is not the rule that rules my life. Well, if, I, if you don't live for God and live this way, live that way, you won't have the approval of the brethren. I promise you that is not the rule that rules my life. Because let me tell you this tonight, you can never satisfy your critics... And you don't have to do that to your friends. I enjoyed that so much. Can I say that again? You will never satisfy your critics. And you don't have to impress your friends. But there is a rule that rules your pastor's life. It's not necessarily my daddy's standards, my daddy's convictions, or anybody else's. But there is a rule that rules my life. And write this down tonight. It is the rule of love. It is the rule of love. It is not the rule of a man-made conviction. It's not the rule of a denominational platform. It is the rule of love. And I believe Paul nailed it just right in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And look what it says tonight in verse number 14. Evidently, and I'm not trying to compare myself to Paul, but evidently he and I have thought about this same thing. Because the same rule that ruled Paul's life, I promise you tonight, is the same rule that rules my life. Look what it said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. For the love of Christ, next word, say it with me, constraineth us. That little word constrain means to be pushed. It means to be pressed. It means to be moved in a certain 
direction. And Paul said, the reason why I'm constrained, the reason why I'm pushed, the reason why I'm going in the direction I'm going, it's not that I'm afraid God's going to judge me. Not that I'm afraid I'm going to lose something. It's not because I'm going to be browbeaten by a religionist. Paul said, I'm constrained to go the way I'm going. Because it is the love of Christ that constraineth me. Paul said, let me tell you the rule that's ruling my life. The love of Christ. And I believe tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that rule rules your life and it rules my life. Everything else in our life will fall in order. I believe when you look at that phrase tonight, the love of Christ, you can look at it two ways. Number one, you could look at it, my love for Christ. And by the way, is there anybody in this room tonight, do you love Jesus? Do you love the Lord? How can we not love such a Savior, such a Redeemer, such a Mediator? Man, I love him tonight. I go to church because I love him. I try to live right because I love him. I try to give God my best because I love him. Oftentimes, Mrs. Arthur will ask me to do something. In fact, uh, we, we had a situation at the house when we got back that... I had to work this afternoon. I had to literally get on my knees and work this afternoon. It was such an urgency. I didn't have time to call anybody. I literally had to work on the Lord's day. Her standing over me and I had to work on the Lord's day. And I got through and she said, thank you, baby. And I said, baby, I love you so much. I'll do anything that I can for you. And I wasn't saying that just to get a kiss on the jaw, although that was one of the motives. But man, I love her. I want to please her. I want to help her. I want to be a blessing to her. All tonight, do you love your wife? Do you love your husband? Do you love your children? That's why you're faithful. That's why you give. That's why you try to help them because that love moves it out of you. It is not a duty. It is not a drudgery. It's just an act of affection. And I'm telling you tonight, I don't have any problem going to church, reading the Bible, serving the Lord. It rolls out of me and my affection to Jesus Christ. I love Him tonight. And I believe if you fall in love with Jesus... That will be the rule that constrains you when nothing else will. There's a particular church in our area, and I, I love them, and I, I thank the Lord for them. But they are whatever their pastor is. They have a pastor that believes in old-fashioned worship. They believe in old-fashioned worship. Uh, they have a pastor that's a stick in the mud. They are a stick in the mud. They have a pastor that preaches against television. They don't have television. They have a pastor that's on television. They all have television. They adopt whatever the pastor they have is. And understand respecting your pastor. Understand following your pastor. But listen to me tonight. 
If I am your spiritual thermometer, if you do what you do because of what I preach and what my standards are, you're going to flip-flop. You're going to change. You're not going to stand in the day of adversity. But if you fall in love with Jesus Christ and the love of Christ constrains and moves and stirs in your life, you won't vacillate. You won't change. You will stand in the time of testing. Because it's the love of Christ, because we love Him, it constrains us. But in closing tonight, I believe the real crutch of this text is not necessarily my love for Christ that constrains me, but it's His love for me. His love for me. The love of Christ constraineth me. Now don't don't get me wrong tonight. I love him. If you love Jesus, raise your right hand. If you love him a lot, raise your left hand. If you really, really love him, wave both of them. Oh, wow. We love him tonight. But do you understand the principle of love? Do you understand the principle of love? The apostle John, the love apostle, laid out the principle of love. We loved him because he first loved us. And the reason why it says we love him because he first loved us. Because man in his unregenerated, depraved state does not have the capacity, does not have the source, does not have the ability to really love. But when God took the initiative and loved us first and placed in our heart the love of God, which is shed abroad by the Holy Spirit, that's given unto us because He loved us first, we have the ability to love Him back. I'm glad it's His love for us. Now, I love Him tonight. But I must admit, sometimes my love is cold. My love vacillates. My love may not be all what it ought to be. But I promise you this tonight. His love for me, it never vacillates. It never changes. It never varies. He loves me. And if He loves me that much... Man, I can't help but live for God. The love of Christ constraineth me. I'm old enough, but yet I'm young enough to know this illustration. Hammond in the congregation tonight remembers the record player, the album. For you younger people, that's a CD on steroids. We have a generation that don't even know what CDs are. It, it, it was the dinosaur of the modern day thumb drive. Have you noticed what's going to be after the thumb drive? But I remember the record, you know, the little 45s and the big long plays. I remember one time when my sister Janice and my sisters just love it when I tell things. But at least I don't tell lies like they tell when they go to tell things on me. Come on, Shane. Yes. You of all people ought to say amen on that, son. You've been abused your whole life. 
I remember one time with Sister Janice, her bow, had bro- they had broken up. You remember them little notes you get? Will you go with me? We never went anywhere, but we won't know if they'd go with us. Yes or no? Check one. Have you ever had one check? No. <laughs> Circle three times. Beth, you probably turned him down the first time. You turned him down two times. Ain't we having fun in the church? While they were so romantic, the first time Brother Tom said, Beth, I love you. She said, thank you. (laughs) And boy, they had broken up. Now I come in from school one day and she was sitting on the front porch. And you kids don't even know what that is. She had a drop cord run through the screen door. Now, I know you don't know what that is. And she had that little record player run through that, on that extension cord, run through that screen door, and she was playing some old sad song about, I won't even go into the details. I'm in my face with a finger. Michelle knows all the words. But she'd reached over there to one of my mother's rose bushes. And she had picked off a rose. And she was just a squalling on that front porch. And she was going, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm... I'm and of all names, his name was Winston. We could go along with that one. But she said, he loves me and he loves me. I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm plucking the, the petals off of this flower and he loves me and he loves me not. And said, if I get the right pluck and there's one left, he loves me. But if all the plucking's gone and all the petals are gone, he doesn't love me. She said, it's up to the pluck. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. And can I say this tonight? I've never seen a child of God plucking petals off of the rose of Sharon or the lily of the valley saying he loves me or he loves me not because there is no not to it. He always does and he always will. And his love for me constrains me. Hallelujah. Yes, there is a rule that rules my life. Yes, there is a reason why I do what I do. There is a reason why we live right and try to serve God. There is a reason. There is a rule. And it's the rule of love. It's the rule of love. Glory to God. My love for Him. But most of all, His love for me. Lord, we love you.